What's up, Panther fans? I hope you've all finished licking your wounds. I know that was tough. It was painful for me to watch. It was painful for you to watch. But I didn't see the Stanley Cup lifted yet this year. So this thing's not over. However, the Panthers are headed back to Vegas down three games to one. My name's Kevin Rodigen. Thank you so much for listening to the FLA Catnip Podcast. Today, I am joined by Armando Velez, and he is the host of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And he had me on his show a few weeks ago. It was a blast. He's doing so well over there. I'm going to start things off a little positively. I've been a Florida Panther fan my whole life. I got to go to game four. The place was buzzing. I've never seen anything like it in my life as a Florida Panther fan. For me, this was a dream come true. I know we lost and that was tough to see so many people cheering, let's go Panthers. And the whole place erupted. People putting on their best costumes to to cheer for us. I mean, it was a total dream come true to even see us in the Stanley Cup. So I'm just ecstatic about the whole thing. Armando, I know that you got to be there in the press box for games three and and four. What was that like to be up there? This is the thing, Kevin. It didn't feel real. It didn't feel real that they were in the Stanley Cup final. I mean, I'm used to going to, to Panther games, just not under these circumstances. That Stanley Cup final. Florida Panthers and Stanley Cup final in the same sentence. I've been to Panther games where you could hear a pin drop or you didn't even know you were in the Panther Stadium because there were just so many Montreal fans or Toronto fans cheering for them instead. And so to experience this as a community, to get this far, the stakes so high. I mean, I have elementary school friends who I haven't talked to in 20 years who are reaching out like, are you watching the Panthers right now? You know, family dinners, discussions about the Panthers every night. I mean, the buzz is amazing. And I know we're down now. Uh, significantly in this series, but I uh, just a reminder to pinch ourselves and say, wow, we are in the show right now and we're being watched nationally and it's just the coolest thing. So congrats to you for getting the chance to be up there in the press for that. Now tell me a little bit. I've always wondered what it's like to be sitting near Paul Maurice when he's talking in these post-game uh, press conferences. <laughs> that must be a journey. The dude is uh, hilarious uh, when he speaks. So talk a little bit about that. Here's the thing, because reading tweets and seeing the context behind it, too, with the feeling in the room as well, and even watching it when it comes into your TV feed, watching the Bally feed, it's not the it's not the same when it comes to when you are feeling that energy in the room of not only you asking a question, but the other people around and seeing their body language as well. We know of how much of a media darling uh, Paul Maurice is uh, in uh, the answers that he gives, whether it's in wins and in losses. But just the feeling in the room of whether things are going well or things are not going well, you don't see a sign of panic for Paul Maurice. And you can feel that in the room as far as does it help that he has 20 plus years of coaching experience? Absolutely. This is There's a reason why uh, Bill Zito hired him in the first place. Let's not forget that this is a team that had 92 points going into the postseason, but Bill Zito didn't want to quit on the fans. And we could say it. There's still three wins away from the Stanley Cup, regardless of them being down in the series. Isn't that something special to say? Yeah, I have to keep reminding myself that three games away. One thing that's been a concern of mine throughout this series to dive into some of this drama, I feel like the Panthers have lost a little bit of their playoff identity through these uh, last few games. And my my blame, in a sense, is on some of the officiating. And I know that seems like the easy way out, but the Panthers were the physical, they were the bullies, they were the ones pushing everyone around. And in a lot of ways, people were like, why aren't they getting called for this stuff? And my answer was always like, this is the playoffs. Well, now all of a sudden it's starting to not feel that way. 
this last game, game four, really not physical until the very end at all. The Panthers don't get to go on the power play until 17 seconds left in the game. So all of a sudden, we've lost this identity as being the physical team. I think we have to re completely re-strategize now because of that. And, and that's a shame because the Stanley Cup should be a very physical and nasty game to win. Um, what's your opinion there on how this officiating has changed our identity? I mean, it hasn't been the prettiest as far as that. And I had a lot of complaints about it, especially after game two for, for that. But it's it's really not the reason why the Florida Panthers lost. Not too pleased about some of the misconducts handed out for game two, especially Matthew Kachuk twice. Um, once a scrum is over and then you go after someone again, I, I get it. But I think that this is a situation where you need to kind of still game manage, but not have it in overkill for this series. And I mean... If And if you want to count game four, Matthew Kachuk got another conduct, but it was just at the end of the game. But I didn't emotionally register it because it's, it doesn't affect the 60-minute portion sure. of, of the game. But I, I think that it, it's crazy because let's not forget game three. Gus Forslund goes to the box for a tripping when uh, I believe it was Stevenson tripped over his own skates. And the Florida Panthers go into that and overtime down a man. That tripping call against Gustav Forsling in game three, with 11 seconds left on the clock, may have been the worst call in Stanley Cup history. I mean, what are the refs thinking, whistle happy, calling that with 11 seconds left on the clock in the Stanley Cup with a tie game? I mean, wow. I mean, you have to really guarantee that that something wrong happened to, to blow the whistle there. I mean, you could get away with robbing a bank in that moment, pretty much in the Stanley Cup, because... Yeah, I mean, the stakes couldn't get any higher and you know, Panthers are down 2 and 0 in the series and the refs are whistle happy there. I mean, unbelievable. Everyone from Wayne Gretzky to every network was talking about how ridiculous that call was and uh thank goodness the Panthers were able to win that game in overtime and kill off that penalty. Credit to the Panthers. They didn't give up a shot on goal going into that uh, uh, into that overtime period. Eric Stahl had two huge stops in that overtime period. The Panthers were able to come out with a win. Of course, the hits have gone down for the Panthers as well. And Paul Murray spoke about before game three about how when you're trying to be the more physical team, sometimes when you're hitting too much at the beginning, you're exerting some of that energy that you are not pacing yourselves. And we kind of saw that in, in game three and even in game four, regardless of the loss, the Panthers were starting to just try to play more fundamentally sound for checking, which has been the strength of how the Panthers have gotten to this point. Let's break down a, you know, a few of these moments over the last couple of games. Obviously, game three, the Panthers come back from behind and they win three to two in overtime thanks to again the hero of overtime Carter Verhage you might as well bet on him every time going into overtime because he's got four overtime game winners in the last two playoffs for us just a stud a nice little play up the middle and one of my notes going into that was the Panthers need to shoot from further out close we've got Aiden Hill playing some great hockey, but from further away, you know, he plays deep in his net. You shoot from far and you get a little luckier sometimes. So incredible goal by him to win us that game. But we were 133 seconds away from going 0-3 this Stanley Cup final. And that was a devastating thought. That was a big game for us to win, obviously, to keep this thing as a series. You know, Kachuk gets crushed in game three. 
just a huge open ice hit, a little bit of a revenge play for what he did in game two. And then that one stings. I didn't have the best view from the press box of what happened until after, until I saw the replay. He was pulled for concussion protocol, but you don't see his head hit the ice at all. And I'm just thinking, okay. And then there's a freeze frame of him, his shoulder possibly popping back out of place or possibly not. We just know it's something in relation to that. And we're kind of seeing how Kachuk is toughing this one out as far as as far as getting out there and, and grimacing. And there was a 10 minute period in game four where he wasn't on the ice and, and Barkov took so many shifts in that third period. My goodness. Seems to be pretty obvious. It's something happening with his shoulder. He's not taking shots. He wasn't taking shots even in the warmups for game four. That's a big uh, heavy loss for the Panthers, not having him being able to to use his arm uh, fully, let's say, but he still manages to tie it up there in game three. He puts that magic so we can go into overtime. Uh, one storyline for game three that, that blew me away is Vegas with 31 blocked shots. I want to talk about their giant defenseman. I don't think there's anyone on their blue line who's under six foot two and over 200 whatever pounds, but like these are some big dudes and they've all got long sticks and they're blocking everything out there and just stuffing up the middle. Anything rushed into the zone seems to always get pushed to the outside immediately. Do you have anything to say about some of these massive guys playing on the Vegas D? I mean, and their top, their top pair are two guys who have won Stanley Cups before Alec Martinez on, on one end, Alex Petrangelo on the, on the other end. Alex Petrangelo is definitely a, a a big pain in the rear end, and of course Shea Theodore. Um, he he was a part of that that first go round with them going to the Stanley Cup final, and he's been a staple in their organization for a while since their in inception. So it's crazy. Vegas has six guys from that expansion draft that went to the Stanley Cup final, and they were still able to get back to this point with a whole bunch of turnover. And let's break down Game Four a little bit. Obviously, the score says three to two. Knights winning. But uh, it didn't really feel that way, to be honest with you. I was there in the crowd. Uh, it felt like the Panthers only really won about 10 minutes of that game maximum. Uh, they just felt really like they were being dominated. Our chance felt really minimal. And when we did get a good chance, it didn't feel very uh, strong. But the Knights just had all these glorious chances. Bob kind of kept us in the game lots of times. And, and when they did have a good chance they often put it in and we're losing 3-0 at one point very deflating and you could hear the crowd kind of losing it for a bit there it takes a really ugly goal for us to get on the board the pinball goal Montorn throws off two you know Vegas Golden Knights defensemen luckily that can change the the game a little bit there congratulations to Brandon Montour on the birth of his new child Kai Wade Montour and he scored in two straight games and he even said after the game in game three saying that's for my baby boy so it's pretty cool Oh, so special. Big congratulations to Montour, and he has definitely found some magic since having his baby boy. But uh, one thing I was noticing was so many of our guys coming in the zone, like I'm mentioning, and getting pushed to the outside. And now Barkov, for example, is not one of those players who's just going to go straight through the middle and try and do something and cause some chaos. He's kind of comes in, he drifts to the outside, he waits for his, for his uh, other players to come in and do something. That's something I think that's going to need to change if we're going to do anything in this series. We need to create a little bit more chaos and uh, and we're going to need some more strength going up the middle and at least getting a shot so we can create some rebounds. Um, what would you say are, are some of the reasons we were even able to come back in that game? Look at it, Barkov's goal. Quick en quick entry. Of, it's, it's chipped up and Brandon Montour gets a backhand feed to Barkov where he beats Aiden Hill short side. What, what, what don't you see? 
a Vegas defender there uh, to to help block the shot. And you mentioned the block shots for for the Vegas Golden Knights and how well they protected Aiden Hill. You know, at the end of that game, it was it was close. We did a good job there, uh, six on five, and then eventually six on four for seventeen seconds at the end of game four. You know, Bennett, Kachuk doing what they do, nearly stuffing one there at the end. The whole crowd on their feet could have been exciting, uh, no doubt. But nonetheless, we go down three games to one in this series. So some of the keys going into this game five uh, in Vegas. Now, the Stanley Cup will be in the building, and that is a frightening thought, I bet, for both teams. Uh, So it's going to be a very big fight to the end of this game, no doubt. Um, But for me, one of the big things as I've watched these this Stanley Cup final the Panthers need to create chaos. They just don't seem to be making things difficult for the Golden Knights when we're in the offensive zone. We're looking for those pretty plays. They keep us on the outside. The Golden Knights are very comfortable with that. They seem to be you know, fine with just letting us do our thing on the outside. Um, they don't bite on it like other teams do and freak out. We need to start pushing those pucks towards the net as quickly as possible and then driving towards the net, kind of like Gudis did in that game-winning goal uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs, where he's just gunning towards the net, creating chaos, breaking through the D. And then, of course, now you get shots on goal with the goalie screened and all that. To me, that's the biggest key to this whole thing. We got to take the eyes away. It seems classic, but um, is there anything you you could add to this chaos? What could we do to break apart some of this uh, systematic D? The Vegas Golden Knights keep ringing. Look at all three goals in game three. All of them required taking the eyes away from Aiden Hill. This is the part of the series where you're not going to see as many scrums um, after whistles. I mean, game four was a very clean game as far as penalty-wise. Whether we want to agree with the Mark Stahl penalty or not, That's these teams aren't taking more risks as far as costing their team and misconducts and everything. This is the that part of, of the series, but... I kind of wonder how that's going to be for the Panthers What if with them being one loss away from their season being over. I, I kind of wonder how the Panthers are going to approach that. I don't know about you, but uh, we got to not wait till we're down, you know, zero to three in the game to wake up and play as uh, as desperate as we need to be. I mean, this is obviously could be the last game of the season for us. Uh, the Cup's in the building, as I mentioned. I mean, we need to start off like we did. Uh, that third period in in game four here. I mean, it's got to be desperate. Um, I'd like to see us get back to being physical, but disciplined, obviously, uh, if that's even possible. (laughs) I don't know if those two things have been possible yet for us. So yeah, we really need to start strong. I mean, the first goal of this game could really determine so much. We got to shut up that Vegas Golden Knights crowd as quickly as possible. And they've never won in the Fortress uh, ever, regular season or post. Oh gosh, that's tough to hear, isn't it? What better way to come out with a win than a, a chance to make it back down to Sunrise, Florida? I mean, Kachuk is able to get the cortisone shots needed in his shoulder that he's able to lift <laughs> lift the puck because, I mean, regardless of all that, he had four shots on goal in, in game four, regardless of all that. Yeah, he's and a grinder. He seems to go for it no matter what. It doesn't help that. The Vegas Golden Knights do have the depth advantage as well. I mean, we hadn't even mentioned on this show that they're still missing at Toulouse Terrain, and, and I'm not expecting him back at all. I mean, he takes a shot block in the neutral zone in game four. You get the nine days off, and you're thinking he's going to come back, uh, and and Lomberg's going to go to the fourth line, and it's all going to be it's all going to be good. You're going to have your penalty kill units in intact as well, but it's just it just goes to show that when 
someone in the Vegas Golden Knights goes down versus the Florida Panthers, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have proven that they do have the more the better depth in the Stanley Cup final as of right now. Yep. And it has been a fascinating story that I think many people would just, you know, feel hopeless going into this, uh, you know, being down three games to one. But it was only five weeks ago we were not in a very similar position against the Mm -hmm. Boston Bruins. And we got to experience a playoff miracle, one could say, uh, in us climbing up against that uh, number one seed and uh, and taking them out just like that in a very similar way. So you never know. And that's what's exciting about this whole thing, because everyone is very familiar with that situation. Uh, so I yeah. hope the Panthers truly can uh, make some of that magic happen again. Nonetheless, it's been quite a ride and I'm enjoying every moment of it. Uh, June uh, 12th here on the Monday as this episode releases and we're still watching playoff hockey for the Florida Panthers. So unbelievable. So much fun. Let's try and get this W though so we can bring this thing back to South Florida. Thank you so much, Armando, for joining us today. So nice of you to come on. I know you only got a couple hours of sleep after all that excitement. So really nice. Um, appreciate you so much. Thank you, Kevin. And I, I appreciate you inviting me on. And of course, you're you're a great dude. We're all in this together at the end of the day. Exactly. I'm just ecstatic to know there are so many platforms out there talking about the Florida Panthers. And yours is a great one, too. Armando from the Locked On Florida Panthers. You've got to check that out as well. We're going to go through this uh, again on Tuesday, and hopefully the Panthers can grind out a W for us. Let's go Cats, baby.